missed you. I missed you, missed you so me? much. <laughs> a long um, holiday weekend. Yeah. A couple long. extra days last week. You gave me off. Thanks, boss. I appreciate that. My pleasure, man. My pleasure. How are you? Uh, I'm How are doing you? really well. Really well. Likewise, I enjoyed the, the long weekend. Um, I think many people are waking up this morning going, man, it's going to be hard to get that body and get that mind going because I think a lot of people actually did take the time to do very little. Um, and I'm sure you did. And you took the time to do very little as well. I did. And I hope I hope people did, because that's essential, right? We've discussed this. And if there's anything we've come up with, the fact that this quarantine life requires us to take a break now and then. And we don't want to be hitting those digital walls, as we talked about. In fact, uh, today's Tuesday, as you said, so it's podcast day, the Workplace Innovator podcast hit. And you know what I did today? I published that conversation between you and I from a couple weeks ago, where oh, I had that bad wall? day and you... Walked me through the digital wall and oh, Zoom wow. fatigue. Okay. Yeah. And uh, and revisiting that was an interesting thing because, you know, I think I'm in a better place in the last uh, week or two. Uh, much thanks to your help and others, but helping prioritize getting our, our rest and getting our proper exercise. I don't know if I, I was going to say eating after this weekend. Eating was not a good <laughs> uh, example. But how about you? Did you do any barbecuing or... I Things didn't. Like that. I didn't. I have. I have to get some gas for my grill. But um, the weather. The weather. I don't know. It was like down in D.C. The weather uh, over the weekend was not brilliant in New York. Friday was lovely. The moment I stopped oh, working, the uh, yeah, the sort of the clouds come over. The rain started coming. Yesterday was was quite nice to be honest, and you could feel the temperature oh, rising. But uh, I got out. I got my exercise. Um, uh, yeah. But likewise, it's I did. Beautiful a lot here. Of, uh, it was beautiful here. I think uh, everything kind of was north of here, uh, rain wise, but. I know the beaches were kind of closed. All that worry about people flocking to the beaches in North Jersey and New York was not a concern. But a little bit farther south, uh, definitely had some nicer weather. So we'll we'll see how people did with their physical distancing into the new the new life living with COVID. Right? We'll see. Yeah. I'm hoping for the best. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. I think there's there's signs that yes, the media is showing us the most extreme examples of people acting cavalier and, and foolishly and they like to you know get us all alarmed but I think from my experience and maybe you could kind of talk about this as we do re-enter society re-enter the public and also re-enter the workplace people are going to be very careful most people I mean that's that's what I'm getting the sense of and I and I think there's always going to be examples of those who um are not taking things very seriously and 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 we always worry about that and Certainly, it impacts us all if if things start spiking again. But, but I think there's a there's a good balance going on. I'm, I'm maybe I'm just being blindly optimistic, like you've taught me to be a little bit optimistic about things. But uh, it it's something that I I'm going to be watching, and certainly as we re-enter offices, is going to be interesting to see who goes back, who wants to go back, and then how we help people prepare mentally for that psychologically. I think there's a lot of people, just like there's some extremes on this side. I think there's going to be a lot of people on this side, maybe even more so, that are afraid to re-engage and really going to be really cautious, really uh, pre not prepared to psychologically get back into that public setting. It's going to be tough for many of us. It is. And, and I think it's going to be interesting to see as well, geography wise. So internationally, as you know, as we look um, far east, you know, we've spoke before Australia who had very little exposure. What's going to be their approach? 
um, then you sort of move west. Well, how is Europe going to react to this? And then even within the U.S., um, it's state by state, I think, is going to be so different. And, you know, I, I saw pictures and images this morning um, on the news, you know, showing where people were not social distancing and areas where people were social distancing. And you have to sort of expect that, that will that society, or maybe the question is, will that society response move into the workplace as businesses open? And, and who knows, we'll just have to see. Wait and see, I guess, yeah. Mike. You know? I think that's what somebody said on my live stream is what they expect back in the workplace is what they expect at the grocery store. Again, mm -hmm. there'll be some who don't want to wear a mask and don't get it, and they're going to be resistant to any protocols that are in place for the public good. And I think a lot of that's to be blamed on leadership, whether that's our governmental leadership or corporate leadership. If we don't effectively communicate the reasons for the protocols, the reasons for these plans to keep everyone safe and, and do the best to mitigate this risk of the virus, we can't eliminate. We've only only can mitigate. So let's get into this together and work together. Um, again, you wear a mask, not for yourself, but for others, protect others as best you can. And when that's not communicated well, whoever the message is coming from, and we've seen it in society that people are like, I'm not wearing a mask because I'm stronger than that or whatever. I, I just get confused because that's not what it's about. It's not about you, your strength or your level of vulnerability. It's about the others, those around you. And I think that's going to be the same thing in the workplace. As we get back, there's going to be folks, many of us, most of us will defer to others, even though it's uncomfortable and it puts us, you know, in a, in a place where we have to sacrifice some level of comfort or some thing that maybe doesn't apply to us. We, maybe we're not as concerned as someone else, but let's put the others ahead of ourselves and try to get everybody in a place where we can work together. I think that's my attitude. I hope it would be the attitude of, of most. I, mean, I know it's not going to be everybody. And uh, we'll see where it goes. But that's that's kind of what we're going we're to see, a, a mixed bag, I think, across the board. But again, hoping, hoping things work out well. You know, there's some good statistics coming out. Remember the first thing we looked at uh, about a month ago, four weeks ago, Georgia reopened. And everybody was really nervous. Everybody was worried they were doing it too soon and too quickly. And there was going to be this huge spike. Well, I just saw over the weekend the statistics in Georgia. It's been steady, level, uh, number of cases, number of new cases and Number of hospitalizations has not spiked. It's stayed stayed level. Of course, it's out there still. There's still states where they're just beginning to be exposed to the virus. And it's going to be something that we have to live with. That's the big mindset adjustment I had a couple of weeks ago is that, hey, I can't keep waiting and planning and hoping for the post-pandemic world. It is the world we are operating in today, whatever that looks like. Yeah. And, you know, the the the. The data for Georgia is interesting. Um, they showed before opening, after opening. They showed the fact that it's pretty much stayed static. Um, the caution or the, the concern, I guess, that the way I'm looking at it is, you know, if we take when did COVID-19 first enter the U.S. and then how long was that first entry into where we had, you know, mass impact? And, you know, if... if if we look at the data, it's probably, it may even be three months. And I just, my worry and the concern is, yes, we're look, tracking the data over the last three, four, five weeks. Um, but is that actually understating the actual impact that we're going to have a few weeks down the line? And, and, and time will tell. But, but I think the important point you made is, 
you know, we knew we do need to evaluate what should we be doing, right? You know, there's right. only really two ways to sort of fight this. It is going to be through um, a vaccine or it's 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 herd, right? And that's sort of where we we sort of have to look at it. And you know, it's it's going to be such a dilemma. Fifty percent. It's almost fifty fifty between those people who think the opening is it's too early, and there's those that think no, this is right. So it just shows you how the um, how the country sees the the opening but you know as, as as you know we try to talk about the workplace it's going to be fascinating i think over the next couple of weeks we're going to see a number of businesses opening and a few offices opening and you know i'd love to hear your take on what you what you feel what you think on the back of you know the likes of zuckerberg's come out and said where he anticipates 50 percent of his workforce could actually be remote workers going forward now with there there isn't sort of nothing's defined in a sense of their 100% remote workers or whether these are going to be people who are going to split between rotations within various offices. You know, it's been sort of discussed whether it's a, uh, a cost reduction exercise or if it's a cost avoidance exercise. You know, Facebook are growing and they're growing so quickly. If you adopt this strategy, does that mean you, they avoid additional costs because they don't actually have to take on more real estate and by actually ruling out this strategy that allows them to accommodate a larger workforce. I'd love to hear what your thoughts are, if, 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 you, if you thought about that as yet. Yeah, yeah, I have. And I, I always wonder, well, I know, I think it's pretty obvious at this point, we're all going to be in a different place. Our organizations will make decisions now that we've been through what we've been through. And, and in the near term anyway, there's going to be a need to continue to work from home for many of us. And for, as you and I have talked about, I'm a remote worker anyway, traditionally, so nothing's going to change for me. But there's a lot of my colleagues have discovered the the joys of working from home. And we're going to have to uh, navigate those things that are not so joyful about always working from home. So I think the, the tech giants out that are saying, you know, forever, you know, indefinitely work from home will be the, the new normal. Uh, at least it's an option. I think that's what they're going to, they're saying. It's an option. I think they're anticipating the fact that many will be uncomfortable going back. Now, I, I worry. I don't worry. I, I wonder, and I do worry, but I wonder for those organizations that it just is not going to work. Um, and I think it's going to be a gradual return to, to things. And I'm, and I'm glad. So I think just like it's a gradual return to reopening uh, with some exceptions. There are, there are some exceptions. I've heard some people that in certain parts of the country where offices reopened a couple of weeks ago and they're like, they expected everybody back hundred percent. And it was because they had more traditional space. They had closed doors. They had offices. They had high cubicle walls. It's funny that we, we talk and we assume we envision, I think in our minds that everybody was in this kind of advanced, you know, evolution of the workplace. And they were working with, you know, all kinds of flexible spaces and unassigned seating and, and all these different things. Not every, by any means, organization was in that position pre-pandemic. So as many different positions there were and as many different strategies there were and as many different levels of accommodation for employees, there were there are that many now. And then we have to kind of adjust as we go back to re-entering and we'll see. But but the big tech companies, those went, those forward thinking companies that were already agile, already have tons of amenities and flexibility and and work from home policies and and all that type of thing 
they'll be they'll be fine. They'll, they'll continue to work through that. And then, yeah, we'll have impacts on real estate. We'll have impacts on the amount of real estate they need and and what that looks like. But I, I, I'm trying to take it in, in little chunks near near term, not trying to look too far into the future and trying to make big predictions. But I'm hopeful and again, optimistic. And I hope you are as well. I, I think you are. You know, we we have concerns. We have, you know, fears about what this will mean and what that'll mean. But we we want to be rooting for the success of our country, of, our, of the world getting through this and also organizations making right decisions. We're going to make some mistakes. People are going to make mistakes and we're going to learn from each other. Hopefully there'll be this open dialogue. I, I like what I love about open source workplace and the opportunity we have here and what I have on my podcast to to share our thoughts and bring in thought leaders and others that have been out there advising, consulting, and then also those practitioners that are making decisions for their organization, they're going to make mistakes. They're going to say, okay, we tried this, didn't work. We had to readjust and we'll see where it goes in the months and years to come, but it's going to be a long journey. Yeah. I just want to go back to something you mentioned there. Um, so have you, are you aware of organizations that have returned to work, the workplace? I am. Uh, are they usually smaller companies, smaller companies, <clears throat> say there's 10 to 20 employees and they had a, a space where uh, they were mostly in closed offices or, you know, a few high wall cubicles, those older layouts. And uh, they've reopened and, and they've just gone back to to existence the way it was before the pandemic. I, I don't know what percentage I have no statistics. Yeah, yeah. These are all anecdotal stories. But I also have stories, Steve, that that. You know, you'd be surprised. I'd be. I'm. I was surprised that it's not all, you know, bubble gum and and roses. I don't know what my <laughs> my uh, word picture is. It's all. It's a lot of employers are like, we need you back. Let's get back yeah. to work. And there's people like, I am not ready. I'm afraid. All those hesitations we worried about or talked about. That every individual has a different level of vulnerability and fear and anxiety, and they all want to make the decision for themselves. And I and I've been operating in this assumption that, hey, employers will be like, if you need to work from home, continue to work from home. For those that want to get out of the office for whatever your situation is, you're anxious to get back, we'll open the doors for you and it'll all work out. I think there'll be a percentage of people that are excited to get back and need to get out because of the, the kid's situation or or small closed quarters, that, that cost, claustrophobia they've been experiencing in quarantine. And they'll be maybe a little more prepared to take the uh, take on the risk. They, they don't feel they're healthy. They're young. They don't feel the, the worries that some older, more vulnerable people do. I thought it would naturally kind of work that we can only bring in 25 percent of the workforce so that that 25 percent will be ready to come back. But there's going to be the situations where where more people want to come back than they have space for because of the need for physical distancing and some of the regulations that we're still under. Uh, for months to come. And that may become a situation where there's more people that want to get back into the office that, than can. And then the opposite may be true, that there's going to be people that don't want to go back. And then the employer's like, well, we need you back. And all of a sudden, it's like, we're open for business and we need you here. And hey, if you're not ready to be here, this is a tough time in the economy. A lot of people are out of work. There are others that may be willing to come in and do your work. So those situations are out there, too, I've heard anecdotally. Have you heard stories about people who are worried about that? I think you and I are in this kind of enlightened world of workplace and flexibility and choice and control, and everybody's going to have the decision to make for themselves, but I don't think that's the universal truth. No, I would, um, I would agree with you. Um, I think many organizations are in that first camp where if employees do not want to come in, 
then they're free to work from home for a period of time. Some have defined, some have yet to define. And, and I totally understand that flexibility that organization wants to have. I do think many organizations are evaluating the benefits that we're experiencing in productivity, interaction, um, connectedness within the organization and within teams. I think they're reviewing those things. And then ultimately they'll make a decision, um, or strategic decision, or strategic vision over a period of time on, well, what does our organization look like? What is the purpose of why we want offices? What is the outcomes those offices deliver that actually help the corporate strategy, right? Um, I, I do know of instances where people have been informed or encouraged, encouraged is probably a better word, to return to an office. Um, I was um, surprised to learn um, that there were some. And, uh, and, and again, it just all speaks to some organizations because of the survival of their business probably need to um, actually do a few things, you know, actually need people in the office because that's the nature of their business. So I, I understand that too. I was, uh, I was taken aback when I did hear that, I have to confess. What about this? The fact that working from home reveals different things for different people and employers are noticing who their go-getters are, who their self-starters are, who doesn't need to be monitored, doesn't need to be managed, doesn't need to be micromanaged. And then there's those that do. I mean, there's certain personality types. There's certain folks that are just maybe a little bit less ambitious or less able to get themselves going you know, independently yeah. without yeah. someone looking over their shoulder. Yeah, no, and think, that's been revealed. Yeah, no, and no, I think that's that's where one has to assess the the role, the function and the task that those individuals perform. And also the other thing is to take into consideration a lot of um, activities and work that those people may have been doing um, hasn't got center of attention right now. And therefore, perhaps it's not being valued the same way as it maybe was before. It's a little bit like a facility manager who's running a building. You know, they may not be able to demonstrate their value to the organization today. And there's other uh, roles that we could take and, and apply the same way. But yet, whenever a office opens up or something else changes, then those rules become. I think organizations are evaluating as well, what actually do we need to do? And I think that's the point that you're, you're, you're sort of putting forward and, and trying to tease is, do we need to be doing the same tasks? Is there roles, is there time being spent that actually we don't need to be doing going forward? And I think what organizations and I'm sure leaders are assessing is, well, what do we need to be doing? What process do we need to be continue to do in this environment or a future uh, environment or a future work style and how do our organization take advantage of those things that we no longer need to be doing um i think those are key questions i think they're um they're important things to evaluate and you know and i'm sure as you look at what you're doing i look at what i'm doing those are questions that continually go through my head how do i how do i stay relevant and i know you're you're continually pushing yourself to keep yourself relevant to keep to continually learn your trade learn new things um, as, as, as I do. And I think that's yeah. important that we all have to take that ownership of what our role is and how are we contributing um, to the organization yeah. that, that provides for us, you know? 
Yeah, I definitely do. And I think that's, um, describes many of us, but not all of us. And that's what I kind of was alluding to also was that there, um, will be fallout from this. And, and again, I don't want to think too much about the economic fallout and the, the loss of, of jobs and certainly the loss of livelihoods for many, but, um, it's the reality of what we're facing and, and every organization is going to have to make those decisions as things get back to a, a new normal, which is the coexistence with COVID. So here we are on our first day back after the holiday and you had something special planned for today. I don't know if we should take a pause here and talk about the broadcast today because Steve, we're not, we're not broadcasting right now on YouTube. I hope it's being recorded. That could be posted later, but I've been monitoring and, and we are we are not live on YouTube right now, but I'm wondering if we're live elsewhere or if we're being recorded, if if not. Oh, no, we're, we're live on YouTube. We are. And we're live on Facebook. We are. So, yep. Yep. Oh, good. Is. Okay. Yeah. So you are uh, you're your executive producer. <laughs> Steve Hat is has got us going because my See, uh, my feed's not coming through. No, there you go. But it, it is uh, it is something that um, we talked about that development. Right. And and there we go. Something new, something evolving. And, and that's yeah. what we always have to continue. Yeah, what's to our goal? Entries, right. OSW daily. We're going to we're going to conquer the world. Right. Uh, I don't think we'll conquer the world, but uh, we'll certainly <laughs> we'll certainly provide a platform for those people who want to share and listen and sort of hear different opinions. And then, uh, you know, obviously, eventually, we'll bring other people onto this uh, onto this show so that uh, yeah, people can uh, that'll be interesting. He- hear what the real people think, you know, rather than just you. Right, and I, I can't wait to just sit back and listen, <laughs> ask some other questions. So, how'd you do without me on Thursday and Friday when I had to take a couple of days off to take finish up a project? Uh, you know? Did you it, uh, feel uh, lost was, at 8 a.m.? You know, it, it was kind of interesting. Um, it was probably the most people I've, I've tuned in to Open Source Workplace. Um, ah. <laughs> um, I have no idea. I like that we, episode where uh, my audio was where my audio was off. That was like uh, my, how I sounded the best ever was that uh, day and we had technical problems. Yeah, but it, it was kind of interesting because, um, you know, whenever we have this routine, you know, one of the advantages we've both said about this is the fact that it, we get up, our brain gets switched on automatically because we know we're going to be sitting here, we're going to be chatting with each other, and right. we sort of want to share opinions and sort of what what is there in the news around workplace. And it was it was interesting that morning because there was no objective. It didn't disrupt my process. I still did the same things. I just did it yeah. at a different intensity or a different lens. I wasn't sort of okay. What can we talk about today? What can we do today? Um, but I did sort of step back and I then sort of planned out a few things that I wanted to do over the weekend, just more from, okay, if, if I'm not under any urgency to deliver a product, then what can I do? And I actually started reading, um, Jacob Morgan's new book, uh, the future. Oh, really? Leader. Yeah. Future leader. And it was yeah. really interesting. Um, it, in his introduction, you know, he explains that his process around getting the content, getting the viewpoints for the book. And you go through these list of questions that he asked everybody. He also then obviously did surveys with LinkedIn to find out what other people thought a leader and a future leader should be. And he asked the question from what is a leader today and what do you think a leader would be 10 years from now? Now, Jacob's just launched this book months ago. And I almost want to go back to him and I says, do you think this has accelerated the change leadership well, this will have on leadership because of COVID-19. 
you know we mm -hmm. talked about we've talked about uh, previously about leader the type of leader that's required in this environment right the bureaucratic the micromanager the empathetic there are various leadership styles and what type of leadership style may or may not succeed in this um and you go through and i'm fascinated to see where where he ends up and what his predictions are or what the feedback he received and how he summarizes um as i work through the book but i just sort of just thought I'd love to sort of pick up the phone to Jake and go, so have you, do you think this has changed? Has this accelerated? Is this like two years from, from where you basically put this together? But it was just fascinating. Yeah. And those were, those, those is why, that's why I think it's so important um, that sort of, and I'm glad that I sort of kept that discipline to do those things, to sort of plan and sort of set this up just so that uh, we keep the brain going. And, and there's a ton of things that I, that I was able to watch over the weekend that um, really sparked the imagination and, um, you know, it's uh, good. Yeah, yeah, no, it was good. It was really good, actually. I got to check out that book. I've had Jacob on my podcast a couple of times with his previous book, which was mm -hmm. right up my alley. Obviously, the yeah. uh, the uh, the employee experience advantage. And, employee experience advantage. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and he is uh, interesting. I met him in person. Was out in uh, Silicon Valley. He lives out in Alameda, Alameda, California, the Bay Area. So. Uh, had a great, I think it's Alameda. Anyway, it was it was good to to get to get to know him a little bit and see what he does. So that book has been on my list of things to do. I I, I want to, I wonder if I should continue to wait. I, I've been in this kind of interesting period these last couple of months, as you have, trying to find out what our audience needs, what they want from the content we provide, and I think we're getting back to a point where more traditional interviews are acceptable or appropriate. What do you think? Do you think we're back to where you'd want to digest a typical, you've heard, you've heard the show, you've been on my show that the typical get to know the person, the personal side, a little fun, little inspiration, and then get into conversation around workplace. There was a period of time here, the last several weeks where I didn't want to record those types of interviews because it's an unusual time. It's certainly, there's a heavy weight on all of us with what's going on with the pandemic and, uh, but we've certainly continued to talk. We've had conversations. We've had live streams, and keeping it current has been has been essential. But are we slowing down to the point where if I recorded a conversation today and had that discussion, it would still be relevant three, four, five weeks from now? Do you think we're getting back to a new normal? It's a great question. Um, and all I can sort of say is what my experience has been where I've been doing these short, shorter videos. I think there are people that want to share and do want to participate um, and actually use, you know, your platform uh, to share information and share ideas. The challenges that I have found, there have been times where I've recorded a video and less than a week later, it's out of date. Honestly, because things change and things change so fast. And this wasn't that long ago. This was... Probably I published an, a video probably the front end of last week and I recorded it the week before and it was out of date. There is another video, as you know, when you get up to the holidays, people like to talk about the holidays, like to share what they're doing. And therefore, how do you then ensure that the timing of that video is, is applicable and that sort of um, then impacts what you do? I think if you recorded something and published it, the next day or within a couple of days, I think it'll be relevant for that moment. Will it be relevant three months from now? I, I just I just don't know. It really all just all depends on on the I think the guest 
on the viewpoints of what what they were thinking because i think there's going to be content that is created today that we're going to look back on and we're going to go and that was really interesting similar to to where you know we re-watch you know past episodes that you've created past episodes that open source workplaces created and other people have created and we look at it through a different lens yep. um and i think it's just interesting to sort of see so to to for you i think you have just have to have the conversation with each individual be it a practitioner within a company or a service provider and see what their perspectives are i'm sure there are plenty of service providers who want to be out there uh, in everyone's um forums today to to sort of communicate their views um but uh but i understand the the conundrum that you're sort of playing with i, I did the same thing right yeah i think there's value like you say it's going to be value whether it's you know less current event driven or even if it's current event and in, in, in the moment I, i'm ex i'm excited for you to hear today's podcast you know episode 110 i can't believe 110. we're in wow digits. well done mate. Well 110 done. Thank you. And it's you. You're my guest because it's you and I on this format talking. And I I just pulled I straight up. I didn't edit it at all. Just took that first half of the conversation from a couple of weeks ago, which feels like an eternity ago. Remember that day where I was in a bad place and and you walked me through it and, and I gave you the survey about how you doing. And, you know, we talked a little bit about Zoom fatigue and and just getting overwhelmed and, and needing to get a break. And um. I, I listened to myself that day and I don't recognize that guy in a lot of ways because it's only been a couple of weeks, but I really made a deliberate effort to get more sleep and to turn off social media at night and to really keep my, my well-being top of mind. So I think it's still valuable, but it may not be relevant. It, it's still valuable. It may not be an accurate reflection of, of who I am today, but it's still relevant and hopefully valuable to others. And I'll, I'll be curious to hear what you think. No, no, I'll definitely, I'll definitely take a listen. And you know what, what's important for people to sort of remember is on that is you were down that day. I was up the following week. It was reversed, right? And that's yes, why it's I important. Remember. That's why it's important to go back. There's a video we did last week where we talk about that transition process, the emotions that people go through. We all have to recognize Absolutely. that there is a pendulum, and we do swing back and forth. And it, a lot of it depends on the environment that we're in what we're taking into our head, who we're interacting with. And it's important that uh, we all do what we can to remain positive. And that's why, again, we go back to this, you know, that last week, you or the week before, whatever it was, you really yeah. pulled me out. And, and it's great that you're able to share um, that with, with your audience, because I think there's going to be a lot of people that are on both sides. And I think we have to help people through this. So, that's so there the we go. Away. It's, uh, it's been a great show. Thank you. Um, it's great you're to welcome. see you Thank again. You. <laughs> and, Good to be uh, back. We'll chat tomorrow. Take care, Mike. All right, man.